There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery. Code Wondery. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 531. All right, I'm going to get right into this podcast as quickly as possible. So, blah, blah, blah. I'm doing stand-up in Portland, June 12th to the 14th. Tickets at heliumcomedy.com slash Portland. Okay, great. Watch at midnight. Midnight on Comedy Central. Weeknights after Colbert. Monday through Thursday. Uh, I would very much like to thank 2K's Evolve for sponsoring this episode of the Nerdist Podcast. Evolve is essentially a four-on-one game where four people hunt a monster and then the fifth person plays the monster. There is a tremendous amount of delightful trash-talking when this occurs. And personally, I like playing the monster. I like being on my own. Uh, but you might like playing, uh, you know, maybe you'd want to be a medic. Maybe you'd want to be a trapper. Maybe you want to be a hunter. It's, But the game is fantastic. Uh, and people have been waiting for it for a long time. It's finally coming out October 21st on Xbox One, PS4, and PC. Uh, and 2K and Nerdist are partnering up for their first ever Evolve tournament at E3, uh, which is coming up incredibly soon, next week. So to see the competition live, check out twitch.tv slash Evolve Game. Uh, the tournament's a Tuesday, June 10th from 3 to 4, Wednesday, June 11th from 5 to 6, Thursday, June 12th from 4 to 5, and we're going to have the gang there at the E3 booth uh, with 2K at E3, so drop by and say hello. Thanks to 2K and Evolve for sponsoring this episode of the Nerdist Podcast, which is uh, Tom Cruise, who I met at San Diego Comic-Con last year um, in Hall H. I moderated the Edge of Tomorrow panel, and it went really well, so I just kind of blurted out at the end, hey, do you want to come on the podcast? And he looked me in the eye, and he said, yes, I will, and I believed him, and he did, and it's nice when that happens. It's nice when people follow through on their word, but um, this was just a really fun time. Uh, he was a great guest. Uh, uh, Brian Cranston and Simon Pegg had both said, uh, oh, he's really great to hang out with, and, and he, he really was. Uh, we were all comfortable. He was engaged. He was very engaging, uh, and we all left, I don't know, just feeling real good. So um, good time was had by all, and you should definitely see Edge of Tomorrow. We had a screening for it. A nurse put on a screening for it at the Chinese Theater a couple nights ago, and the movie is fantastic. It is fantastic, so you should definitely go see it. It opens today, June 6th. And uh, here you go. There's podcast number 531 with Tom Cruise. My little podcast is growing up. Now entering Nerdist.com. Oh, good. The circle has been closed. Did you shake hands last night? Relax. The circle has been closed. You're out. Had to turn the music off last night. That was so. Yeah. We were at the. We already started recording, by the way. Yeah. Normally at movie theaters, I'm always like, man, turn it up.
Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the first time I've ever said, turn it down or turn it off. Well, we were literally standing in front of the screen, and I guess in the we projection booth. Score. Yeah, and yeah. The, and the projection booth was just like, it's low enough, and we're, we couldn't hear each other. And it, I was like, is that music still on? Like, what is happening here? I've heard this finally, music so many times. When I was it like, finally turned up, I thought they were switching tracks. Like, <laughs> so then it would stop, and we'd be like, yeah. okay, so then Tom would go, so we just went to Italy. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> this could be the tenth story. On. <laughs> and then finally, someone was like, "Kill it, turn it off." And then we were fine. But I, I, I felt like such a dick last night. I did not. At the end, I go, you know, I'll just let's take a selfie. I'll get the crowd in the background. They will feel like they're part of it. That was funny. It that was <laughs> so nice that. of you. And all of a sudden. And you were very kind to oblige, and I turn around, and then I look back around, and I just see this flood of people like, I've opened the gates! <laughs> and then... That's fun. Oh, there, well, there we were in the man's Chinese... Well, it's no longer yeah, the man's Chinese, the but the TCI, Chinese theater. Yeah. What? That was a very cool moment. It Some was, other company bought it. It's oh, no longer yeah, the man's Chinese. TCL. The TCL. I'm glad they bought it, and they're, they're holding up the heritage of that yeah. theater, which it's is... beautiful theater. And I've seen so many great premieres, photos of premieres through the through the ages. Yeah. You know? So it's. What's your favorite premiere? That, what's your favorite premiere of all? Do you have a, Do you have one out of all of? Them? You know, I've had some really cool premieres. Uh, I had one in uh, Japan, in uh, and it was beautiful at an ancient castle. You know, and it was really fun. This was fun doing three in a row. Warner Brothers wanted to do it. They said, you know, but I had to call Emily. Who just had a baby. I was like. Are you up for three in a row? <laughs> like it's up to you. If you don't want to do it, cool. I, I think it could be fun. But the one in Japan that we've had have been really beautiful. It was very elegant as for Last Samurai. But I've had a lot of fun. I started doing this. I remember the first, uh, like my first international PR tour. I kept saying, "Look, I want to go international." I did domestic for risky business, and then Top Gun. I went on like this four month international tour and a Tomcat. They let you fly it. Let's go. I actually flew in. The, I flew in the Tomcat. Did you three, really? three flights in the Tomcat. That's yeah. awesome. Three flights in the Tomcat. It was Maverick awesome. That's the only the reason Tomcat. I did the movie. <laughs> I was like, I literally, I had it a part of my contract on Top Gun. I said, you did have, you really? Yeah. They were after me for about a year to make the movie. And uh, I was working with Ridley Scott in London. He said, you got to work with my brother. And they just hired Tony for this. So I went and met with Tony. And I said, uh, you know, that, had, that was a stipulation. I have to get <laughs> filmed in the Tomcat. Oh. <sighs> Yeah, it was very cool. Maverick was a it was very cool. You got to do it. <laughs> you know, you, that's you got to take those those opportunities. I mean, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. I think some of the other actors are like, "What?" I said, "No, you got to get in it, man. We all have yeah. to get in it." It's a little, it's a little <laughs> better. Some of the footage I mean, was hilarious. Chris, we had some footage of Tomcat. Rounds. I'm not going to say the actors, but some of them we 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 look at the footage and they're just heads bobbing, <laughs> reaching for the vomit bag. We could use the footage, but it was it was great at rushes. Yeah, the guy playing Merlin is just puking everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it was like Cruz. Fuck him. Was Anthony Edwards like, no, we I'm not fucking getting get in, in that thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just came off Revenge of the Nerds. I'm not fucking I'm not getting ejected from a plane. Revenge of the Nerds. It's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> I just did my cameo yeah, in Revenge of the Nerds, too. Yeah. You like, because you, we, we talked about this a little bit last night, but I, one of my, well, obviously there were two moments for the Comic-Con panel. Number one, the Stacey Jacks thing and the singing, which I really had no idea. And I never would have been like, hey, we were the same. I would not have been that guy. And you brought it up, and I was so freaked out by that in a good way. But then you... Uh, you totally made Bill Paxton do uh, quotes from Weird Science. <laughs> yeah, you got to do it. You got Paxton. You got that crowd. It's like, come on, Bill. Come on, man. It's like, I don't know, man. And I was like, come on, man. Do it. Do it. Do it. And so all of a sudden he just goes... 
you think they're having fun being catatonic in the closet? Weirdly, my favorite part of the 3D last night was just watching him. Of watching just Bill like, Paxton? Yeah, just like, oh my god, it's like he's right here. Yeah, <laughs> there's Bill in front of me. Like, just, just, <laughs> just, like just kind of shouting at you. Chris McQuarrie wrote that great speech for him. I mean, it's, so a, it's just... No, sir. I'm from Kentucky. <laughs> Battle is the great redeemer. <laughs> I think people are going to quote that speech. It's so cool. You know? Do you, what, so you were, it sounds like you were a fan of a lot of, of 80s comedies then, if you, if you knew, weird, if you knew uh, Revenge of the Nerds and Weird Science. Yeah, man. I'm a fan of movies. You know? I, made a, I made an 80s comedy, Risky Business, but well, I yeah, just love movies. You know? So I go to movies all the time. I watch about a movie a day, and I love it. So what was the, the so Risky Business was, because I, I rem- Taps was the first thing that I ever saw you mm-hmm. in. And then, but Risky Business was the, you know, I was exactly the right age for Risky Business, the right age to be like, because, you know, just a few, that, that character, Joel, was just a couple, a few years older than me. I'm like, oh my yeah, God, yeah. I want to be in that. <laughs> so what? I can't wait for my parents to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Your parents are like, don't see that movie. <laughs> don't. How many injuries happen of kids trying to recreate the dance scene? Oh, we've all and, fallen. Yeah. Yes, I've fallen many times. <laughs> I wonder how many injuries were recreated when yeah. kids tried to re- put a whorehouse in their house. Yeah. When they're- <laughs> yeah. 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 Your ang- <laughs> <laughs> how many injuries are recreated when they drive the Porsche off the dock? <laughs> you know? I hurt my wrist trying the Top Gun fi- high five. Or did you, did you, you, did you hurt you your wrist? Your wrist doing I'm a little that. fat kid. What are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. no. You didn't, you didn't I mean, no, you had no, Curtis no, Armstrong, man, fresh off Revenge of the Nerds. I know. <laughs> I know. Curtis Scott, he was great in that film. Too. When did yeah. you, uh, you know, we, we, for some reason, I was born in Louisville, and someone said they... That's amazing. You were born in Louisville? I was. Yeah. Are you from there? Someone said yeah, there was a my connection. Parents, my parents are from Louisville. I haven't been back And in I lived years. there twice. I lived there twice growing up. Um, went back every summer. I had great memories of Louisville. I have very... I Louisville, just, Cincinnati. I lived in Canada. In Ottawa. I lived in uh, Syracuse. Yeah. St. Louis. Um, you why did you down. move so much? Settle down. Jersey, twice. <laughs> <laughs> you went back to Jersey again? Yeah. To twice. Jersey. Went what? back to Nicely Jersey. Done. Let's give this another shot. Went no, back to Kentucky. <laughs> twice in Kentucky. Twice in Jersey. <laughs> so at what point did you start to feel like, oh, this uh, acting is something that is a thing that I could do and I should pursue? You know, I wanted to do it my whole life. Everywhere I was. I started to have jobs as a kid. You know, I sold you know, Christmas cards and seasonal cards and had paper routes and everything and and i'd save my money you know i mean and go to movies and uh i used to write skits and just kind of perform for my sisters and mother and make her laugh you know play different characters and and they knew i just had a passion for film and uh i remember i saved a few thousand dollars and i was going to go to europe because i always wanted to travel the world and i wanted to bicycle through europe is what i was going to do and graduated high school i've been to so many schools i was like my, i'm I'm done here. And uh, I just decided at that point, you know, I'm, this is what I want to do, actually. I just moved to New York and started making movies. Hmm. And do you have... 17, 18. And it's, it's, been, it's, been pretty, it's been pretty steady since then. It's been pretty steady. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be going pretty well. Yeah. It's been a little busy. You're going to stick with it? Well, I'm going to hang the gun, yeah. Chris. Yeah, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to stick with it. Yeah. <laughs> it seems... I'm going to stick with it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but I did risky business. I mean, when I did TAPS, I... It was a great experience because we had uh, weeks of re- rehearsal and prep. And I, uh, 
it was great because I was working with Timothy Hutton. I don't know if you ever saw Ordinary People. Of course. Incredible movie, incredible performance. Sean Penn, it was his first film. George C. Scott. Harold, Harold Becker was a director. Stanley Jaffe was a producer, just produced Kramer versus Kramer and won the Oscar. And they took these young actors, and for about five, six weeks, we had workshop, and then we went and shot the film. And, and I had the opportunity firsthand to kind of go to each department and learn how movies are made. You know, we had Owen Roisman, great cinematographer. And the director and producer knew how interested I was in film, and they just really allowed me to go to each department and just... I'm kind of the person, if I don't know something, I ask a million questions. So I was just nonstop asking questions. And I, I didn't know, like, marks. You got to hit a mark, like lenses. I just knew movies. Yeah. You know, I knew, I knew the cinematographer's movies, yeah. you know. There was no internet at this time. I know listeners. That's hard to believe. <laughs> There's no, you know, there was mobile phones. Before the 90s. There was time before the 90s. <laughs> and you didn't, have, you didn't have film school. So my, my film school was just asking people a lot of questions and meeting a lot of people. And then out of that, I got another agent and came out for the first time to L.A. and uh, stayed at... I remember the first time I came out to L.A., Penn picked me up at the airport. And he had this old, I don't know, Firebird or something like that. You know, cool, cool car. You know, we're kids. We're kids. You know, it's like, whoa. He's whoa, got so many, the Hollywood. So cool. I'm like Hollywood, you know. Penn and their family kind of grew up in this. They knew all the stuff. I didn't know agents or whatever, lawyers, the whole thing. And I just love movies. And uh, I'll never forget, we drove outside of, that night we drove, and we, we drove outside of Hoffman's house, Brando's house, and Nicholson's house. And we just sat there like a couple of idiots. Did you tell Dustin Hoffman that you I drove? I did. I did tell these guys later. You know what I mean? As the years went on, I told them, I was like, I know, I did that. Yeah. And, and Hoffman you. said, you should have knocked on the door. <laughs> Believe me, we thought of it. They say that now. You knock, now, that now. Now you knock yeah. on the door and they're like, call the police. Yeah. But we sat there you for, go my we sat property there for right a long now. time talking about what do you think they're doing? You know? yeah. I don't know. <laughs> the lights are on. Yeah. Is this a police? There's a car outside that won't leave my driveway. I feel like you just finished a sandwich. Maybe it was corned beef. Uh, <laughs> but that, you know, but what's interesting about hearing you say that is that it's a sort of romanticized idea of like, well, this is what it means to be a movie star. This is what it means to be in the film business. And then, like you said, you didn't know Marx, you didn't know anything. And then you start getting into the process and then you realize like, this is a craft. These are human beings. They're people. Dustin Hoffman was probably just living his life like a person, not this sort of, you know. I know. And I, I was lucky because I, I got to learn it. And I got to work with great people from the beginning. I mean, Sidney Pollack, filmmaker, you know. Paul Brickman, to have a script like that, Risky Business, with that kind of writing, that kind of editing and storytelling. Um, and to be that young. I mean, I came out when I, when I came out after when Sean brought me here, I would just take meetings with directors and writers and basically just ask a ton of questions. You know, I just was like, what is screenwriting to you? What story to you? And finding out really the craft of how things are put together. And it was great because even on taps, the director allowed me to go in and see rushes and prepped me. He said, look, don't, you're going to, I'm just showing you this take is going to be in the movie. And here's the lens I shot it on. Here's the film. Here's, you know, so I was able to see what, and every aspect of filmmaking, what they were doing and how it all added up, like every little contribution. I've always had great respect for the crafts, for the craftsmen of film. I mean, from, because every aspect 
contributes to the world we're creating. And so I've kind of learned it just from the ground up and just was uh, just still, you know, I study uh, all of a director's films and then I go in and take a meeting with them. And no, normally it wasn't like a lunch, like anything. I was just literally like asking them about why did they make those choices? You know, and movies, it's a fluid experience and it's you're constantly under pressure because of budget, because of weather, you know, everything. It's, it never changes. It doesn't matter the budget of the movie. But having those experiences and talking to them about certain takes that were a mistake and they ended up going, that's what worked and things that you think are going to work that don't work and understanding how we put all these things together to try to communicate to an audience. And it's really the kind of skill to understand what it is, putting these, all these elements together to communicate to the audience and know that you're creating that impact on the audience. Uh, for a particular scene. And then also to have that time period where a movie has a life after. You know, when I started out, it was just, you know, you'd sell it to network television, you know, yeah. and, and my films are R-rated, you know, risky <laughs> business. Like, you know, and, and but what's great now is you have Laserdisc came out, and VHS, and now, you know, oh, right. they just live on. And it's, you know, it's pretty amazing. So what is it about the... Because I always... The thing that I marvel at... I mean, there's to some degree television is like this, but not really. But with a film, there are so many points where something can fault. So many points, whether it's, you know, directing, cinematography, the lighting, the music, the any anything, the editing, anything. So how do you, in, in sort of this, this search for, you know, like, how do you make a movie? How do you start to figure out how to keep all of those pieces in conjunction with one another? You know, it... You want to work with great people that are also on the same page and let them do their jobs. And it is such a unique art form that it is, it does take a group, it's a group effort, it's a collaborative uh, format. And the thing is, is you just constantly, you know, have to know the tone you're going for and really at times be able to step back and go, is this like see what's working and what's not working because no matter how well you've written your screenplay you've got to be able to go this we didn't get it or it doesn't work or sometimes then adjust it and go let's let's take the story down this line or the character down this way um and just have faith and it's something it's a process that you you have to be committed to you got to really be dedicated to it because it is a process and i mean right these movies i've worked on edge of tomorrow for three years rain man years you know born the fourth of july was a film that was around for 10 years um and it's something that when you're working it's seven days a week and you're constantly combing through it and constantly and you you got to have a passion for it for me it's not work for me it's i love it and we're we're you know and you have to know when you're there also because sometimes you work something so much and it's like we're strangling the process. You got to back off and and just you know kind of be able to step back and get a look at it. Uh, and you got to be willing to experience anything, man, because it's you know in making movie and just know. For me, it's I love making them, and what's great is is that you're just you got to always remember that you got to really and just keep. Just keep working at it. Same with, you know, characters. And I, I was lucky because I got to work with Hoffman, you know, Newman. And working with Newman at a very young age was really beneficial. Um, because I, I have a wide taste in films that I like. I like a wide range of, of movies, not just one kind of film. And, and I always thought, 
I want to be able to do this the rest of my life. So I, I'm constantly working on my skill and understanding what is drama? What is suspense? What is comedy? Why does comedy play? And the kind of comedy that I like, character comedy, is, you know, there are things that you should know about how comedy works or how drama works and structure and storytelling. And so it's something that I'm constantly working on. And you constantly learn with every, with every person you work with. What I focus on, and I think from my early experience on TAPS, it was incredibly beneficial. And I, as time goes on, I appreciate even more and more. I appreciate it at the time, but even more and more, which is they, they kind of looked at us and they were trying to bring our talent out and what worked. Because we were young actors mm-hmm. and they were working, you know, they're kind of standing back and saying, okay, who are these actors? You know, we develop these characters, but how do we get the best out of them? So what I'm always looking to do is how do I get the best out of the people that I work with and get the best and they get the best out of me. And I tell everyone I'm working with, I say, look, it's nothing's perfect. It's not, it's like, there are no absolutes, but this is what we're going for. And we're going to do our best and no bad ideas. You know, if you have stuff, bring it to me. We need more monkeys. Yeah, I need, I need more monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, That's no exactly bad it. ideas. It's like, Let's what? Yeah, that was a bad idea. <laughs> we brought the monkeys. No we brought the monkeys. Well, yeah, I know, but, you know, that was really bad. Okay, <laughs> okay more talking about monkey ideas. Any other ideas but monkey ideas? Right, apes. Okay. Apes. Well, apes work. Yeah. Apes and monkeys work. <laughs> wait, wait, aren't they the same thing? Well, yeah. No. I don't know much about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> that was the, the new executive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just giving a note because yeah. I have to be heard. Yeah, okay, go ahead. <laughs> jump, justify jump in at any time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I don't say something, uh, I'm going to get fired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're going to not know I'm here, yeah, yeah. and then they're not going to send me the paycheck. <laughs> God damn it, no monkeys. <laughs> he really that? hates monkeys. <laughs> What's up with that guy? <laughs> really? His father was killed by a monkey. Really yeah. angry. But I, but I often, you know, it, 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 I, sometimes you can get so close to something. Thing yeah. and see it so much that you go, I don't fucking know if it's good or not anymore. I don't. The, the syllables don't even mean anything to me anymore. How do you, how do you Dude, know you when you there. get to that point? You get there, and there's moments, and particularly like I've spent most of my life in writers' rooms, editing, you know, sound stages all over the world, and there are moments where it's like, I is this working or not? And you just have to go, you know. You just go with it. And there are those moments you want to stand back. And, and it's also when you screen the film for the audience, you want to remember why are we making this movie. And every film is for, you know, audiences, they've got a wide range of what they like. And, uh, but you do get there. You're like, damn, you know. But just the important thing is not to – I remember I was laying there in taps. I was, I was like, man, I love this so much. I'm having so much fun. I can't believe this is happening to me. And I was laying there at night, and I was just like, I couldn't sleep. I was so tense, you know, like, I want to do this the rest of my life. And I'll never, you know, like, what happens? Like, what you know, Please just let me do this forever. Please just let me do this forever. That's all I'll ever ask for. That's all I'll ever ask for, a monkey suit. I'll wear a monkey suit. And I was like, there's so many things that I thought I just don't know about storytelling and making films and... And I just lay there, and I, remember I just started laughing. Like, this is ridiculous. I said, look, I, all I can do is do the best I can and not worry about it and just keep moving forward. And I think that's the important thing. 
in making movies because there's so it's, it's you the fun thing is there's so many problems to solve and there are no absolutes um you just have your taste and you have your talent and and everyone around you and you just go just do it and not worry just not worry about it are you hard on yourself are you extra hard on yourself or um i'm hard on myself just in preparation but i try not to be hard on myself afterwards like i you when you're doing it, it's like i'm going to okay like if you're shooting something and it didn't work or you don't feel it's it's it, it's going to work or you're you just go, okay, I go into problem-solving mode, like how, how do we make this work? Is there a way to make it work? Um, and I just, you kind of just got to stay in the moment, you know? And that's also acting because I've produced a lot of films and you just got to stay in the moment. You're all, we're all looking for lightning in a bottle and you've got to create an atmosphere that will allow that. And it's kind of looking at people that I'm working with and... You know, we're a team. It's it's a it's a lot of fun when you're in the trenches making a movie because, you know, especially when you find something, you see an actor, you know, come in with something or the cinema. You know, it's like everyone is together, focused. Everyone's kind of like, it's just it's a, an incredible feeling doing it. It really is. It really is very unique, and I, I don't know how to describe it outside of that. It's it's got a tremendous amount of uh, forward momentum and purpose, and uh, it's. You know, we, I still, and I was lucky because I've been on some beautiful sets, but when you see a beautiful set that's being built and you see someone, I remember seeing Ridley Scott when we were shooting on film, picture I did Legend, and you just, I'd look at it in my eye and see it, and then I'd look through the camera, and then he, I would go to the rushes. He'd, you know, take me through rushes and tell me what he's doing with filters and lighting, and it's just, man, you look at that artistry, it's kind of, it's extraordinary. But when you're the number one name on the, like, when you're, when you're number one on the call sheet, you essentially set the tone. We sort of talked to Brian Cranston about this too. It's like because he, you know, the tone on his sets, like everyone's like family and everyone loves it and they work together so beautifully. Yeah. And it feels like not that they don't all contribute, but in a way, when you're the f- first name, you're kind of the you know the de facto leader, you know, and and you are literally in 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 almost all cases. So you know how do you how do you lead people and how do you how do you keep everything going in a positive but constructive direction especially when things aren't going yeah. the way that you think they should i i just you just remain calm with things and you just all i expect from people is just do the best you can and that's all you can do and i expect that from myself and just on movies i've gotten very good only through experience do you get like that was not a good idea you know what <laughs> yeah. i mean you have to live through it you know Four it's like your parents yeah. tell you stuff you're like yeah 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 and then <laughs> you're there dumb. you're like Oh shit! Can I say shit? It's like oh shit! This was not a good idea. Yeah, Yeah, I remember I was working with Newman. We were doing Color Money, and of course, I picked my wardrobe out in the summer. And uh, I had this leather jacket and a T-shirt. It's a scene where I come outside after the werewolf in London scene, and I'm I don't know scene between the two of us, and he's driving in a car. And it was literally a historically cold day, an evening in <laughs> Chicago. It was so cold. I was out there for about 30 seconds, and my, my face froze. My lips were numb. Now, I lived in Canada. You know what I mean? I'm used to, you know, in Canada, you kind of yeah. still go out with your shirt off as a kid, you know, yeah. go in the snow to get the snow cones. Not that cold, eh? Pretty okay. Yeah, it's not so bad today, yeah. eh? You know? You know? And... Uh, it hit, and that wind caught me, and I'm telling you, my face was numb, and I couldn't get my lines out. And I'm running upside next to this car, and in between takes, I was running into this 
you know, they created this kind of hot box for me. So I'd go from thaw to frozen. And I'm looking at Newman and I'm like, you know, how, how are you keeping warm? <laughs> how are you keeping warm? What, I mean, he reaches down and pulls up Newman's own coffee. Uh, Newman was like, all of a sudden I look at him. He's got, he's got an electric heater so it doesn't disturb sound. Sure. He has underwear properly done and a coat. He said, kid. I said, he said, you'll learn. You know what I mean? <laughs> when summer, I thought, oh, so now it's like, okay, so you learn that, like, check the weather. What's it going to be like yeah. in January, not when you're doing wardrobe in, <laughs> I in, love that. in I, August? I love that lesson from Newman. Always bring extra warm underwear. Always bring extra warm. These, you know? are, the, these are the things. These are the tips. I wonder yeah. what Newman's thinking about before he goes on set. Do I have my underpants on? I know. He All was right. totally prepared. How do we make the salad dressing better? <laughs> yeah. Also, underwear. <laughs> You, when you, he was uh, awesome. Newman was awesome. Do you do, do you uh, do you freak out about meeting? I mean, did you freak out about meeting people? Are you pretty pretty? Are you pretty even keeled about it, or is it? Can you can you sort of squash the fandom down? What do you mean? Like, well, like with Newman, like when you meet Newman for the first time, you meet Dustin Hoffman, and you've been outside his house when you're a kid, and you. No, meet I met Hoffman in a Cuban restaurant in New York, and he was doing Death of a Salesman, and I was actually there with my sister, and she's like, "Yeah, it's Hoffman over there." I was like, oh, wow, he was wearing a hat. And we tried to get tickets. It was, this is like in 83 or something like that. It was sold out. You just couldn't get a ticket. And I just, I'd been out of the country. And uh, she said, you better, you know, go over and say hello to him. I said, I'm not going to bother Dustin Hall. <laughs> like, look, he doesn't want to be seen. And eventually she said, look, I'm going to go over there if you don't. And I, I said, all right. So I just went up to him. And I said, you know, Mr. Hoffman, I was raised in the South. You know, did you have sure. to get rid of your yes, sir, no, sir? Um, you know, uh, yeah, to, I still do it. To, I, I still do it to a degree if someone's like, oh, uh, you know, would you like anything else? Uh, no, sir. You know, yeah, like, I, I know. Still, I get like, no, sir, yes. And don't yeah. they look at you like a, a, a little bit? I feel, I feel like they think I'm being like an ironic hipster. And I'm like, yeah. no, I'm not being sarcastic yeah. at you. <laughs> I grew up in the South. <laughs> and I'm, so I'm literally mean, no, sir. I'm, I know. I'm, Everything was no, sir, yes, sir, no, ma'am, yes, ma'am. And yeah. So and it used to embarrass people when I was here. So I, um, and I said, you know, looked at Hoffman and I said, Mr. Hoffman, sir, sorry to bother you, but I just want to tell you, I great admire yours. And he looked over and he went cruise. And I was shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like you see that face on the big screen. Suddenly he's saying my name. I, 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 I look like, what did he just say? Like <laughs> what happened? <laughs> it was, I told so, it was like a weird thing. And same with Newman. Like, you know, and Newman would call me kid, you know, kid, Kid, good scene today, kid, you know? That's awesome. <laughs> but it's nice, you know? I mean, it, and there I was, a young actor with Scorsese, being able to talk about movies, and it's fun. But all that stuff you learn and all that stuff you just apply to the next. Did you, was there something about the way you were raised that instilled that in you, or did you, were you just sort of naturally like, I must figure this out until I understand it as much as possible? You know, I've always just... Uh, I've just always been kind of like, if I don't know something, uh, I don't pretend to know it. So, you know, so, and Are you listening, Internet? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so I'm like, I don't know, you know, and... And not being able able to say you don't know. I was never to look like an idiot, you know what I mean? I, uh, I just, so, and if I'm interested in something, I will just keep going at it until I understand it for myself. So it's something that... I think just who I am and how the way I was raised maybe, but it's, it's really just something that if I'm interested in something, I keep going at it until I get it for myself. Yeah. And, and with movies, 
I, I always felt that also I could work. I, one thing I knew about myself as a kid is like, I don't, like I can work. I don't, I don't mind. Yeah, it takes a lot to save three grand selling newspaper and Christmas cards. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, I can work and I don't mind picking up a shovel and digging. Yeah. You know, I'll be the first one to do it. And I actually enjoy doing it. You know, so it's it's like I'm not the guy that hangs out in the trailers. Like I'm on the movie set. I want to be part of it. And and I thought, well, I'm just going to keep working. And uh, if I don't know something, I'm just going to look. I, I don't get it. I don't know. You know, we'll figure out how to understand yeah. it. But it so being someone who is uh, obsessed with film and the process and the craft, it, I think the, there's no way that you could have ever imagined when you were first starting out, like what it means to be a famous person, what it means to, you know, like, no, just like that part just sort of feels like, I kind of get in the way a little bit. I just want to make a movie. <laughs> just get, get me on the movie set. Let me yeah. uh, deal with this. over. Uh, hi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, you can't anticipate that kind of stuff. That was, that was just different. I was like, what? You know, like Hoffman saying Cruz is kind of like, what, you know, huh? But, and then you then you kind of understand. Oh, that's also part of the responsibility to be able to do what I do and understand how to promote movies. And you do that, then you can go make more movies. And it was always like, how do I get to make more movies? And how can I get into a position where I can kind of make the movies I want to make and and just keep pushing myself and not, you know, like the other. It's like that stuff. So it's I just you're just like part of it. How do we, how do you do it? I guess at this point, too, it's just like, well, this is just how... I mean, you've, it's been so long at this point that it just sort of feels like, well, this is just my life and I know how to navigate it now. Yeah, you just go. And you just know. It's like also with Newman and I tell everyone, it's like, you just it was great because Newman gave me great advice. He said, you can't ever worry about the white noise with stuff, kid. And, and I felt that personally. You know what I mean? I just felt like I know what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And... I'm the one that has to choose. It's like my own thing. It's like I, I choose the films I'm going to make, right or wrong. You know, I'm making these decisions, right or wrong. And you got to learn from it. So everything for me is, is based on that. And it's also just the love of my craft, the, you know, the privilege I feel about being able to do something that I've always wanted to do. And everything else is like, okay, I'll do this. I understand why I have to do it, you know, and, and promoting and make it fun. I remember when I was at Top Gun I, earlier, I was in Europe for months and I thought, I can't make movies if I'm here promoting for four months. So I came up with this idea yeah, of, you just made Top Gun. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'll be okay. Yeah, but, but for me, I was like, that's not it. It's like, <laughs> whatever. It's like, I want to make more movies. You know, I, I've got, you know, I want to make movies. And, um, so that's when I kind of came up with the idea of doing a premiere in a country. Because also at the Grumman's, what's cool is I saw the photos of the, you know, what these premieres are like. I said, let's, let's do premieres in these countries and bring Hollywood to them. And let's see if we can do – I said, I think I can do a country a day or a country every couple of days. So as opposed to taking three to four months – we can do it in a couple of weeks. <laughs> I mean, you it's know? physically possible. <laughs> it's physically that. possible. The calendar works. And I said, look, you know, and at this time, they, they were still building theaters around Europe. But I said, look, we can do this. And that also gave me an opportunity to travel because I was always working on films. I remember I was actually in Paris and I was, I was working on, I think, they were in editing Color Money and we were, I think we were getting ready, prepping Rain Man. We worked on Rain Man a long time. And... Um, so I was, I was like, I'm taking these calls and trying to work. And, how, you know, that's my job, making the movies. And uh, 
so it took a few years to get everyone to kind of buy into that country a day. And, <laughs> but now so you just did fault. it. It's your fault. I know. That all the time now. Yeah, but it, as opposed to four months, yeah, sure. you know what I mean. If you want to make movies, you know those guys in the in the '60s and stuff, they were you know they went came out of Hollywood where guys they would make five movies a year, six movies a year, and then the '60s came and. Nicholson and Beatty and Hoffman, they'd make one movie every few years. You know what I mean? And my taste was something that I, you know, I want to be able to push as hard as I can in different movies. You know, uh, that's why it's like Top Gun to Born on the Fourth of July, to have that opportunity to play that character with Oliver Stone was, and see what, you know, I remember I did Rain Man and Born on the Fourth of July back to back, and I was prepping both the films at the same time. <laughs> and I shot them at the same time. And, I mean, right one right after the other. And um, that was like, okay, can I, you know, you want to test yourself and know and see and, and have experiences, to have those kind of experiences and those kind of characters and those, that kind of cinema was, was a real privilege. Can you leave it at the set or does it, does some of the residue of it, I'm all, I, I, for some reason I'm always interested to hear how different actors approach the idea of like, Oh yeah, at five o'clock or what? You know, what, not five o'clock, but figure to five o'clock when it's when five a.m. Yeah, at five a.m. Yeah, when we finish at five p.m., I showed up on set at noon. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call it figurative. Yeah, can you imagine? Yeah. Like figurative five? Can you imagine showing up? I know. <laughs> no, no. Uh, you know, like some people just go, "Oh, it's a job," and I just leave. And other people are like, it, "I have to, I have to like decompress." You know, like a decompression chamber. Do, are you able to sort of leave it at the set, or do you do you sort of bring the residue of the character? Well, it's just different things. You know, it just it just depends on what i'm working on i mean i like to work on one film as while well i'm shooting and then have other films that i'm working on with at the same time so like at night i'll catch up on the other movies or i'll you know just to get my mind off of off of the film but there's stuff that when you're making a movie you want to you know you're thinking of the prep for the next day and how do we get the most out of it so it's it's kind of a combination you know uh, it's a combination of things. Are there are there any that you ever go back and watch where you're like, oh my god, I remember that? Or do you do you are you are you are you good at watching? I remember yourself? I remember every take and every scene and what was happening that day. I have really? that kind of yeah. I I have that kind of I know takes. I know stuff like that. But I you know you work on them so much. It's not like I don't go back to look at them. But I I'm on kind of on the next. You know. What uh, what type of stuff do you do? You watch mainly films, or do you watch any television shows? Mainly film. What are you liking lately? You know, I'll, I watch a wide range. I look at all the films that come out. Uh, I look at old older films. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I just I watch a lot of different movies. Is there anything that you? see that you go or is there is there any kind of a direction that you feel like oh you know i've done all this stuff but i just haven't done this one thing yet there's this one thing and i just man there's always there's always there's so many different kind of movies that i want to make so many films left that i think you know i had a lot of fun playing stacy jacks that was a fun character (laughs) you know there's there's all kinds of you know you're just looking i'm looking for a new character and what's that you know, kind of character comedy. I mean, the fun thing that we did with Edge of Tomorrow was, if you'd read the original script, this film, I think what people are really appreciating also is the humor that we brought in. You know, that kind of character comedy in this and that kind of character drama in a in, in a film of this scale with all the other elements that we have involved, like the exosuits and all that kind of stuff, which is the bells and whistles. But really, the story is just a lot of fun. Mm. And... So I like a lot of times I'll get a script or I'll just hear an idea and I'll we'll work on it and I'll put the characters in there 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll build the structure a, a particular way. Um, you know, I'd been looking for a film for seven years about wanting to do about the Japanese culture. And then Edzwick came to me with Last Samurai. And the this, this story, and we just worked it over and worked it over and kind of built out that character and those characters in that world. And um, that's what you're looking for, something that's like you get excited about. Yeah. Something inspiring. The Stacey Jacks thing really was, I mean, like, I, I didn't go do it on Broadway because I was working in Los Angeles. I, I was originally off-off-Broadway, like way off-Broadway. And we, we did it here in Los Angeles, like in a rock club and it was really intimate and small and it was kind of dirty and sort of like, we we're sort of making fun of Los Angeles at the same time in the eighties and the sunset strip. And, and then they were like, we said, they said, okay, we're going to go do a run in Vegas. And we went and I don't know if you know about the, we did a run in Vegas, like at the Tropicana or something. Yeah. And it was literally like three rows of people parked on rascals. And, back, and we're making all these eighties references and it had crushed in Los Angeles. And we go and do it for these white hairs in Las Vegas. And it just, it's dying like night after night, dude, dude. And it just didn't have not... to do it every night for how long <laughs> we just did it for a week. And it, and I just like, I, I you know, for a like, week you're like, that was the longest, year of your life you know like there's a thing there's a thing you sort of develop in comedy and stand-up where you you kind of gauge that you get really good at reading an audience and you know like at the beginning of the set you kind of calibrate like well if they're laughing if they're getting this they're either going to like or hate what's coming up so we would start the show and just be like, oh, fuck, we haven't even gotten to the, you know, uh-huh. and just have to like, what are they laughing at? Yeah. And of course, everyone's in fucking Vegas mode where they're like, I can do whatever I want. And people are like shouting back at us. And I'm, I'm all of a sudden like interacting with the crowd. Like, oh, and it, it just, it was so. It was, <laughs> they were shouting. Yeah, well, they were shouting. There, it was just stuff like, take your dick out, you know, stuff like that. And you're like, please, this is Vegas. Take your dick out. Show us your dick. You're like, no one will know except us. <laughs> and the pit boss. He knows everything. Yeah. Oh, my so God. Really... Is that the director's mother? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. No, no. So, like, you know, like, the elderly people were complaining to the management about, like, this show is really dirty. I'm like, this is really the worst thing that's happening in Las Vegas right in now. Vegas, you're saying this show's yeah. dirty. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Some guy just tried to fuck a pile of coke across the street. I just made a Tried. fingering joke in try. a musical. Yeah. He succeeded. Yeah. I mean, it just... The tale is still told to this It was day. so frustrating. It was so frustrating. We thought this was Schubert. <laughs> Where's Frankie Valley? But they, uh, but it, but then it eventually went to off Broadway, and I and I and I, and I couldn't go. But I heard you were in the movie. I was like, how did they manage that? And you did you? Did it's you a just, fun character. It is a fun. You character. just like when you get a chance to do that, have a chance to play something like that. It was fun. I mean, it's like it's, it was like multi million dollar karaoke. Oh, it's so much fun. Did so you? Did you? And I'm sure you got asked this all the time, so I apologize. But I am curious: were, were you a fan of kind of glam metal at all in the '80s, or were you, was that not your thing? No, I mean I like all kinds of music, so I, you know, I was, I was there, you know, <laughs> um, and it was just so much fun to play. You know, you get a character like that, which you know, that Stacy Jacks you get to sing those songs, and <laughs> yeah, it was fun. <laughs> it was fun. It's just. Go be outrageous. I was looking forward to it. I really did. I saved the clothes. I saved. Oh, yeah, of the, course. The, you got to yeah, save the clothes. To, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and you got to pull them out every now and then. Every once in a while. <laughs> every once in a while, you pull it out and go, okay. 
Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Work it. Work it. Work it. Yeah, but you. I remember the first because they leaked. They leaked pictures of you as Stacy Jack. Someone did, and and you you were shirtless, and you had the thing, and I was like, oh, fuck, he looks a lot better than that. <laughs> Filled it out a bit more. Because <laughs> I, I remember saying to them like, do I have to be shirtless? <laughs> I didn't know if I Do we have to be my... shirtless at Comic Con? Yeah. Be... <laughs> <laughs> Shirts required at Comic Con. Uh, but I, I saw your picture. And I was like, "Oh yeah, that's what that guy's supposed to look like. <laughs> that's what that guy's supposed to look like." <laughs> I just look like a like a, a skinny nerdy kid with a <laughs> shitty wig on. You know, like I look like I was cosplaying. I don't. I don't know. It was yeah, weird. but the dancing and singing—that's hard, man. I mean, my respect. I love music, but those—you know—you look at. Beyonce, Michael, Jesus, Michael Jackson, Springsteen going on. You know, he gives his shows for four hours, which are amazing. It's just <laughs> yeah. incredible. And he won't do a minute less. <laughs> <laughs> and we thank him for it. Yeah. Thank I, you, I, boss. People get really good at... Um, people get, I think people somehow sort of figure out, like, where to store their energy reserve and then how to tap into yeah. that. You have to do it. Yeah, because you can't... I think when you're young, you go, oh, I can do whatever all the time, all the time. And then you start to get older and you're like... I think I need to rest for a few minutes. No, even little kids, you see them, they go, 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 and they're just unconscious five minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> but also, you got to pace yourself. You got you to gotta find, even throughout the day, you know, and know what you have to deal with. And, you know, like, it's not my problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, NMP, man. Like, <laughs> NMP, I'm not the guy. What's the, for, for what's the most difficult kind of thing for you in film like well, that difficult is a bad question like what's the most challenging you just said music and, and dance. sounds like time off <laughs> I'm terrible with time off I'm I can't terrible stand time off man I know because your brain just goes in fucking million like, miles let's go hour. let's let's do it make a thing yeah if you can make a thing you should make a thing you can make a thing anyone can make I know it. and it's nice I think the hardest thing I mean there's challenges I mean making a movie takes a tremendous amount of endurance and you got to be just as fresh or at least look or act just as fresh at the end of the day as you were at the beginning. And I think that's, that's the thing. It's, uh, they're all challenging. You know, you wish you were like, oh, that was easy. Hmm. You know, but it's something that if you love doing it, it's not work. And you just know you want to, you know, I want to put that extra effort in to everything I do. Because I'm thinking an audience is going to see this and I, and I want to entertain them and I want to, you know, whatever audience is going to go see that, they're going to know that, you know, everyone gave it everything. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing is, is he's just keeping people focused on the task at hand and you just move forward. And that's, I don't know, I don't know what else to do. You How do you do define it. success? Well, there's different ways. It's, you know, with, with everything, even films that I've made, you always learn something. And I think that's the important thing, walking away from me. I always felt like, what did I walk away with? And making sure that the journey of making the film is one that we did everything we could creatively and and with the crew and everyone involved to make it, to do the best we could with it, whatever we're trying to achieve. And I think that's, those are the things where, you know, it's art. It is art. And you sit back and you kind of look at it. and, And there's things where you go, is this going to endure time? You know, what, you, what I look at is like, what's the film going to... I'm thinking, what's the film going to play like five years from now for an audience? Ten years. And that's how you have to make a movie. Not, you know, it's not just... Well, Top Gun holds up. Thank you, man. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I got, I got one. 
<laughs> I mean, a few good men turned out okay, too. That's two. <laughs> I mean, are there, are there ever any ones where people are like, oh my God, I love this movie, and you're just like, oh, I feel like this could have just been a little, I could have just, you know, or can you really put it to bed when you're done? Man, you got to put it to bed. Otherwise, everything, you know, you're, you're, there's a point, you know, you can tweak something to the end, to the nth degree. It's like, this is it. And, you know, that's why we have schedules and that's why we have release dates. You know, it's always like at the last thing and they're pulling it out of our hands. And um, so, I, you know, when I talk to filmmakers and people are all like, you know, we talk about different movies, but you kind of look at it and go, don't. It's next. Like you keep that, you learn from it, and you move on to the next, the next thing. There's always things and everything. You're kind of like, oh, I, I could have tweaked that or I could have yeah. done that. But sometimes those imperfections kind of—that's the time period. That's that's who we were then, and that's the decisions we made at that time. And you know, it's for me, movies are—it's like there's there, uh, you know, it's part of my life. You know, I spend a lot of time. I don't just you know, what do you work? What's your hours like? What are mine? Yeah, like I, I tip twelve I, to two or something. Oh my god, <laughs> three to five. No, I, I'm unfortunately, I'm unfortunately kind of an insane workaholic. I, I generally work seven days a week, See? and I and I, I juggle like five things, and I work twelve, thirteen, fourteen hours yeah. a day, and you know it. And I, so as you're going through it, it's like, and that's fun for me. That's fun also. It is fun, but sometimes I really worry that like, what am I running from? You know, like I really is like. I really can't sit for more than a couple of minutes alone with my own thoughts where I'm like, I got to start a thing. Let's make a YouTube video about water bottles. You know, like, I, you know, just that, just that idea of like, what is it that I can't, that I'm so not content just sitting and going, ah, I got not, I think I don't have to be anywhere. You know, like I'm just bad at it. Yeah. I take a couple of moments like that, but it's also fun creating things. It's fun thinking about stories and, thinking about fun things to do. I mean, I, you know, I'm lucky I get to travel around, travel the world, meet a lot of people, always getting different kinds of ideas. Um, you know, and just, that's where it's like, at the opening of the film, Trafalgar Square, I was like, let's to have that opportunity to land a helicopter there. That's a cool thing to be able to do. And I, that's where I, you know, I like creating things. I'm, you know, whatever it is. I mean, I like motorcycles and doing that kind of stuff. And, you know, did you guys actually land a helicopter there? Yeah, we did, That's man. awesome. Yeah, we landed a helicopter was like, in Trafalgar Square. Yeah, that was very cool. Yeah, it <laughs> sounds like... That's, yeah, it was very cool. I remember was, you know, always walking through there, and I remember looking at that. I go, man, I think we get a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, that's how I look at a city. I'm like, you know, or, or you meet someone. I'm kind of helicopter fitting. Getting, getting, you know, I meet people, and sometimes I get... The yeah. world. I hear stories, I get character ideas, and I go, like, I'd like to play that character, you know, and I'll put that guy in a movie, you know, or... That's play that or I think it's funny but I was walking through Trafalgar Square for years and just kind of going yeah I think we could land (laughs) (laughs) I was sitting at a production meeting and I was just like you know how we should open this movie helicopter of Trafalgar Square (laughs) okay it's a great introduction of my character (laughs) because he's asleep at the beginning of the film above it all you know that's funny so it was a good character setup and something that's cinematic I just sort of feel like you have a response. I mean, like not not you specifically, but like the human you have a responsibility to, um, because there are windows of things. You know, like you're you're only you get this amount of time on this, but and and if you have these opportunities, you fucking should take them. Exactly. You You only have. This is it. Yeah. This is it. This is it. I get. It's like I've got so many years. 
and the kind of films I want to make. And, and you just got to, that's how I feel about it. And that's a part of my life going to make a movie. I'm not, you know, you know what it's like. I, that's what I, I care about. I like, don't know if I know exactly what it's like. Well, it's like, no, what it is, is I want, you know, I want to make great films and I want to entertain an audience and I demand excellence from myself. But it's also a thing where I'm not the kind of person that's, you can't be too hard on yourself. You can't regret things. You know, you got to just learn and be in the moment. And also with other people, it's, it's, I enjoy the process of working with other people. And so it's something that you want to give it everything. It's not yeah. just a job. It's How, an adventure. It's an adventure. <laughs> How much have you seen? You, I mean, you, you've seen a lot of iterations of the film business in the Man, last few, few decades. And amazing. So, I've been doing this 34 years. Wow. That must melt your brain taps. a little bit. I like, know. It's yeah, wild, wait, 30, wait, 34? I know. I think 34 years. That's like 1945 into World War II to uh, oh God, no, 1979. The reverse math, the reverse <laughs> math freaks the shit out of me. <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, the Napoleonic era, five years. <laughs> all those, you know, Mary Queen of Scots. And Mary then, Queen of Scots. It's, uh, you know, but it's, wow. it, yeah. Dark ages. I just got the, um, like, I, I, was, I was performing, so I missed it, but I just had my fucking 25-year cl- high school class reunion, and oh, I man. saw it come in the mail, and I was like, 20, that says, no, wait, what? Oh, fuck. And then it, like, had to sink in, because you, wow. I think you always what in your I, brain. You always what have I done? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, this is half over. What's happening? Because <laughs> in your brain, you sort of always. I think you just kind of perpetually feel like 25 in your brain, you know. And until you stop and you go, "Wait, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not 25. <laughs> Wait, I had this weird dream. I was 42. I'm 40. Oh my god. No, that's real. You know. And then you just sort of feel it sink in. You know. But it's. Do, are, are you? Do, do you appreciate? That part of it, do you feel like I'm I'm wise? When I was thirty, I didn't know shit, but now I'm wise. Do you appreciate that part? Yeah. Or do you still feel like you don't know shit? I know? still feel like I don't like, know God, shit. How do I not know this? Yeah. How did I not know this? Yeah. Um, I appreciate it. I appreciate the time, and I appreciate the the experiences, uh, and also seeing the transition from film. I mean, I was there, you know, just as a fan lover in the '60s and '70s, and then able to make the films in the 80s and actually work with those, those guys that have made really formed uh, cinema and modern storytelling into the 90s and the, the transition, you know, where you look at kind of the digital age. Mm-hmm. and the, So it's been, it's been really interesting. But, and the thing is, is like what doesn't change is a story is a story and the quality of the story and the quality of the characters. And it just, uh, it's been, but it has been. And, and I do appreciate it. What do you think is the? What are some of the challenges now that films face that they that they didn't face? You know, when Risky Business came out, for instance. Um, boy, it's just different. You know, um, films would play for six months. You know, you'd have a film that played for a year in the theaters. I remembered. I think Big, like when Big Big, Big came out, it was like that's film. still in the fucking yeah. theater. I know. I Great think Top film. Gun was the same too. Yeah. It's just like that's still in the that's been in the theater for months. And Rain Man and different films. And you go like even in the '90s where we had we had films of Jerry Maguire or even Samurai where you'd play it for months and months. And now it's 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 like you got a weekend and you, maybe two. And so that that is something that that you have to deal with. But what's nice is how films endure. You know, we can go back and look at movies and, and people that will follow it over and over again. So it, it has changed. It's just different. And it changes in every era. Do you ever feel like, because uh, Tropic Thunder is one of my favorite comedies 
Uh, what I, and, and I had the pleasure of seeing that in that Los Angeles. That's a funny movie. Yeah. Well, yeah, Ben crushed it. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, but Stiller just Les crushed Grossman it. Les Grossman was a fucking great character, and Thank I you. didn't know going into it. I'm like, what? Is that fucking Tom Cruise? Like, I didn't. <laughs> and so. It, I will fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it. What it seemed to me was that it seemed like it was fun for you to just go disappear into a character and not have yeah. to be like. Like above the line, Tom Cruise starring, and it's just like, oh, I just get to be this sort of like weird cog in this really great movie. Do you like that? Do you, do I love it. I love doing. Look, for me, it's it's both. It's always like you can't ever totally disappear, but I've done that with movies, and it's fun to go and and play that character, you know, uh, and throw out like a Stacy Jacks. I'm looking. I'm always looking for stuff like that, like something where I just want to make movies. For me, I just want to make movies, and if I find something, a character that I go, oh, I. I think I can do something to this. You know, I, I want fat hands. I remember telling Ben, I want fat hands <laughs> and I'm going to dance. Not all it's cracked up uh, to, Tom. You don't great. I said, I want fat hands and we're going to dance. And Ben kind of looked at me. He was funny. He was like, yeah, okay, okay. He kind of was like, you know, he's been a friend a long time. He's like, all right, all right. And then he called me about four weeks. He said, look, why don't you just do it as you? I said, no, man. It's, I said, and he was great. We came up and figured out the makeup, and then I kind of did the dance that I wanted to do for it. And he found that piece of music and cut it together and made a great How did you first meet? Because uh, Ben, that must have been insane for him to meet you, because he used to do you. I know, me and Newman. The, ben, and the, the, ben, the, the ben. Uh, Color of Money. Color they're not, money. Then on the Ben Stiller show. Yeah, that's right. Oh, and then at the MTV Movie Awards, the Mission Impossible TV yeah, stunt double. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But so you, did you see the original Ben Stiller show? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah of course. Oh, hilarious. The, the, the one-man Tom Cruise on Broadway show, <laughs> and he's got like the sparkly, he's got like, he's got the sparkly underwear, and it's like the pool cue, and the... And, <laughs> I mean, Hilarious. it must have freaked him out initially when you were like, no, no, I think this is actually funny. It's funny as hell. Yeah. I loved it. And that's why when, when I was doing Mission 2, we were, I was like, look, I, we want to do it. <laughs> I know. And I called Ben. I said, would you come and help me? Actually, you know, it'd be fun. And it was cool because he was on his honeymoon and he came back from his honeymoon to do this. <laughs> it was so cool of him to do it. And, and what was great is that in that, thing that we that spoof that we did he he was that's the first time he directed me i was like look what do you think's funny you know we wrote the scenes i said give me some notes man what do you you know this world it's let's play and uh, he gave me great direction during that thing oh, it was fun that was one of my favorite special features on any dvd I think I'm. <laughs> are you are you are you good with like when you're working with a director? Are you really good at going like, hey man, your thing? You just tell me what you need me to do. I totally trust you. Or or do you, how do they? Or they must look to you to collaborate. No, we collaborate, but it's also I'm willing to try try stuff. You know, because you, you never know. So many times I've been in the editing room and thought, I'm so glad I tried that. You know what I mean? It's I, I like to be directed. I like to, I'll come with my own instincts on a character and and work with it. Uh, and if I have an idea and I feel really strongly about it, I'll make sure that I perform it for them in a, in a way where they get it. You know. But that kind of communication with with a director and a writer and and the whole crew. Excuse me. It's important that you have that and a trust with each other. I'm fortunate. I work with people that I really want to work with that I consider friends, and I'm willing to let's try it. Let's see. Let's see how it goes. And it's because he's looking at it. I like to just work on a scene and just not think about it. Just be in the moment and not 
watch myself act, you know, and yeah. don't like, I'm not a guy that goes and looks at the monitor after takes, you know, it's, you know, now we have these monitors, everyone's kind of standing around looking different. I'll look at the monitor in terms of, you know, and I know the lens that they're choosing and the composition. I know the angle. Like I could just look at the camera and just see, I, I know what the shot's going to be. And I'll look at it for certain shots just for, at the beginning to look at the composition. Make sure it looked really cool when you landed that helicopter in the top. <laughs> yeah, yeah, make sure that looks really <laughs> cool. <laughs> but I was, I was such an idiot because when I came out of the helicopter for the first time, because we only had a little limited amount of time, and it was so much fun. I was in the helicopter when it landed the first time, and I came out and Doug, the helicopter blades are going, and we did the take, and, and I'm waiting for Doug to get, to get the notes. And he's like, you're laughing. Stop smiling in the take. I was like, holy shit. You know what I mean? I was like, like you got to look cooler, man. I was like, yeah, you're right. I was just like, I was so, you know, so I'm, like, this is happening. You don't get it. I'm landing a fucking character, man. <laughs> Stop laughing. I was like, oh, shit. You're right. Sorry. Sorry. This is on the bucket it's list. This. It's because the thing's going, you know. Go, go, go. Um, don't yell at me for having joy. <laughs> I know. Oh, have the joy inside play the character well, we have three more takes you must get so comfortable in movies so you're like oh fuck we're making a movie yeah, I thought I was just landing yeah, you want to get to that place where you for, you're just having fun with those scenes yeah and I don't know when I'm working with actors it's like man just bring it I want everyone to just feel relaxed and comfortable and and be willing to try stuff you want to try well I think it's uh, th- this do you do a lot of long form interviews? Have you ever have you no. ever done a podcast? Before? No. What I, what I do I, the like thirty second. The thirty minute. second. Yeah. Uh, what was it like to work on this thing? It was terrific. It was great. It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> go see the movie. Go see the movie. All right. Bring in the next one. All right. Bring in the next Tom Cruise. <laughs> oh my god. We could... should just release that snippet as the podcast. <laughs> yeah. and put the real one up later in the day. Yeah. Just oh, yeah, that's it. Could you imagine? Was it like <laughs> that? Was it? Tom just dropped in. Uh, if you. Go back in time. What would you do? <laughs> okay, well, I wouldn't I don't really know. <laughs> the junkets, though, it's hard. You know, it's so. Part of the beauty of a podcast I is. I hate that junkets. I've, I've interviewed so... people at junkets, and neither of us want to be there. No, because. No, look, I, I know what you guys go through. I've done them, and you just. I'm trying to do my best. Yeah. I'm yeah. trying to give Listen, it to you, man. I'm trying it. to, we like, trying to help you out. You know what I mean? Like, we're friends. Let's help each other out. I but know. You know. On your side of it, though, it's like a really weird speed dating experience. Where it's like, bring in this next guy. Blah, 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 blah. Here's my answers. Did I do okay? And the next guy. How about now? You know, please like me. Uh, but yeah, it, but I'm always thinking, like, what can I do to you know make it interesting for them? And and a lot of these people I've just known for years and years. You know. Oh yeah, you must run into the same yeah. people all the time. Yeah. yeah. But I, I really like I, I like the idea that because um, I think you know someone in your position. You know, a lot of people might just see as just like, oh, well, I see him on this flat screen. He's a he's he's not. I guess not. He's not a real person. How can well, he, he real is? If you go I see, see this Edge guy on my iPhone. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe you watch movies on iPhones. <laughs> <laughs> What's but, your setup at home? Do you have like a theater? Yeah. How big's the screen? It's big. It's the Chinese. That was his place. You were, that's where we were last night. That was just one of the screens. Go to bed. That was just one of the screens. Do you play video games on your on your big giant screen? No, I would play the shit. No. I would misuse a movie theater. Like I'm t- smaller than Mario. Format wise, do you like get 35 millimeter in or all of it? That's my my screen room plays everything. That's, That's the awesome. best. From old movies to 35, 70, 
You even have a beta player, like a Betamax player, <laughs> like sitting around somewhere. No, I'd rather not go beta. I'd rather <laughs> if I had that. Let's go with the original film, yeah, you know. Sure. And, and uh, so yes, we'll come over yeah. if that's yeah. what you're saying. And hitting, yeah. <laughs> we'll watch check it out. I got all the sound systems. I'd be and glad. To Do you know. have access you wanna... to like Scorsese's collection? If you like had a movie, you're like, and you knew he had it. Could but he... his actual collection, like the one that no one's ever seen. Like well, he has like private. a couple in the country where he just has these like refrigerated places with yeah. like movies that he's collected, which is cool. Yeah. Could you get those? Could you make a call? Could you get me can one? Call him? Can, you, can you call him? <laughs> could you, could, could yeah. we call him now? <laughs> Glad you guys waited until right near the end before you're like, take it can, we, can, we, can we have the thing? I just wanted to know what the theater setup was. That's all. <laughs> yeah. It's good theater. It's Sounds good. good. Theater. Sounds good. What sort of something, What's you know, as we're kind of winding this down, like what, I have two more kind of points that I want to try to understand. Is, is there anything about you as a human being that you wish people understood or something about like, Oh, you see me, but I'm not really this, like this, just something about you that you feel like people don't understand that you want to go like, I'm a human being and this is me. <laughs> I'm actually not a human being. Wait, what? <laughs> uh, you owe me five bucks, man. I knew it. That's He's it, man. He's like, he you, I am not. Face. The truth is, I'm Come with me if you want to live. Human being. Come with me. All right. Where are we going? <laughs> <laughs> Sure, I'll be Sarah Connor, whatever. <laughs> Just, what, with those fingers? Yeah, twist your arm, huh? <laughs> no, you know what? It's just, you. I don't know. You just live life, go hard, enjoying it. Uh, feel lucky to be able to do what I do. And, you know, I'm someone who focuses in on what's important in life. And, as I said, ignore the white noise and just, you know, Really stay true to myself, and uh, yeah, and just enjoy it and do the best I can. It sounds to me what I'm sort of getting at. I mean, look for me, the podcast is has always sort of felt like a way to trick people who have achieved things into like I feel like I'm just kind of, like when you were saying like, I guess sit and ask questions. I'm like, oh, I like, this. <laughs> like I'm always trying to just figure out like how why, how and why people do what they do and how to. You know, there's no like long-term success is not an accident. Like it, it's it's work and it it's hard, but it seems like, or I assume, but I but it seems like what I'm getting from you is that there's this idea of like be curious and get curious and don't be afraid no. to look dumb and ask questions no. and learn. And knowledge and is really the ultimate. That's it. Knowledge and working to be competent at something, and that's I think one of the things that's helped me in life is just working towards being confident and you know the way i feel is i i like people and i you treat people with respect and you live your life in a way that uh yeah that's just has dignity and 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 i feel lucky i mean the reason i do what i do is i love it and i feel lucky to be able to do it and uh i've had and having incredible experiences and that's always been who I am and you know people know me it's like I am who I am and uh it's easy you know sometimes it's kind of weird people you know I think of that moment of you know when Hoffman says cruise do you know what I mean it's I kind of look at myself I'm I'm just I'm a worker I'm someone who I love what I do I want to entertain people and really just trying to do the best I can at it and uh, 
that's basically the simplicity of it. It's not, it's not really more complex than that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's really kind of, I don't know what else to say. Well, I, I, when we did the panel at Comic-Con last year, and just because we had the, we just, cause we had the duet, I was like, oh, I think, I think I can do that. I don't normally bother people about coming on the podcast. And just at the very end, I just was like, I couldn't stop myself. And I go, look, I have a podcast. We're very nice. Would you please come on? Before I could even censor myself, and you looked me in the eye and you said, "I would love to," and I fucking believed you. And I afterwards I said, "I think he's going to do it," and you're here, so it sort of reinforces. <laughs> so it turns like, out, you know, but when, but because a lot of times people go, "Will you do this?" and you go, "Yeah, of course," and, and then maybe you don't because not you don't want to because of time or because it's Hollywood, of, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's I know I'm a rarity. When I say I'm going to do something, I actually do it. It is like you know when, what Simon, I mean? like when Simon go, Pegg was on, you know, and he was like, "He's." I became friends with Tom Cruise, and we're like, "What's he like?" And he's like, "He's fucking great!" Like he's like he told Simon Pegg would totally fangirl. It was so cool having him in Mission when we did that. I love Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, and we're like JJ and I, like, man, let's get Pegg. See if is he available? Will he come and play with us and do it? You know, and it was, and it was great because that day, all that whole speech, we'd written it that morning. Like JJ and I, you know, we wrote the scene in the morning, and he came on and crushed it. He was jet lagged, but he's he's a great guy. Well, I know you have to go. I think you're doing Kimmel tonight, right? Doing Kimmel. Doing, yeah, Jimmy Kimmel show. So, uh, Edge of Tomorrow opens June 6th. Uh, it's a fucking great movie. I mean, like, the response in the theater yeah. that people were... Because I don't think most people really knew exactly what to expect or exactly how much humor is actually in the in the movie as well as the action and the CG. And it's, it's a yeah, fucking great movie. Yeah, they don't know what movie. they're going to experience with this yeah. film. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. You know, in movies, we used to hold back the trailers to the last minute. You know what I mean? And try to save stuff for the audience. And it's harder today because, yeah. but I still, with this movie, they're gonna have that experience where they're, they're gonna, it's a different experience. So. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for man, being thanks here. Thanks for Tom having me. Cool, man. Enjoy your burrito, cool. everyone. Very cool, uh, we'll, guys. We'll thank glad you. glad to come over anytime. Yeah, we'll come over. <laughs> when I get back in town, you guys come over. We yeah. would love to. We'll play a few, a few stage, films I that I have. Oh. <laughs> a few films. <laughs> Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. When you're committed to raising the standard, you're bound to ruffle some feathers. At Happy Egg, we like to say we farm differently. But in reality, we produce eggs the way people used to. By partnering with local small family farmers who raise our happy hens on eight or more acres. Because in our opinion, farming shouldn't be complicated. It should be happy. Choose happy with Happy Egg. Visit happyegg.com and look for the yellow carton at a store near you. Happy Egg.